Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Kelly. I appreciate you tuning into the Center Church podcast. I'm really excited to share with you today uh, some of the thoughts that uh, we have about the future of Center Church. Pastor Rick is here with me. Say hi, Pastor Rick. Hello. And uh, we've been really processing all that's happening and all that God is saying to us uh, about the future of Center Church. And so uh, we're just excited to get to that today. Uh, I just want to start by telling you a story about something that happened to me a few months back. I was at a store in Vancouver, Washington, uh, in the mall called I Clothing Company, E-Y-E. And I walked into this particular store. You can picture kind of a just a real trendy t-shirt shop, if you will. Really modern looking. Young guy in his early 20s behind the counter. Uh, I had gone to the mall just because I was taking a break in some meetings that I was having and just decided to take a lap. And so this particular store just caught my eye and I ducked in and I started a conversation with the guy behind the counter, or he started it with me, uh, which is unusual because I'm usually quick to engage. And he started to tell me about the iClothing Company brand. iClothing stands for Earn Your Excellence. And he said, I just have this dream to inspire people to dream their own dreams, big ones, and chase after them and, and not live in fear. He said to me, he said, I'm dreaming of having 1,000 stores, and this is the first one. And I immediately thought to myself, wow, that's a BHAG. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal. That's the kind of goal that takes some nerve just to say it out loud for other people to hear. And we started to dialogue a little bit more. I found out the young man's name is Roberto. And uh, we had some good conversation. He started to tell me more about his company. He said, this is the first store. And I opened earlier the second one over in Longview, Washington. And right now I'm working on a deal to buy out a printing uh, operation in downtown Portland so that we can start manufacturing our own product and we're actually going to open a storefront right there so if everything goes well by the first of the year we'll actually have three locations but my dream is to open a thousand and have worldwide influence and so I was just really moved by this particular young man for a lot of reasons Uh, just at his age having such a big dream and being willing to pursue it Uh, but also just the nerve it would take for him to tell people, I want to own a thousand stores. Uh, That's the kind of thing that he had to know people were going to immediately doubt him. As soon as he said that to me, I started thinking, okay, do you understand all that it takes just to run one store? I mean, apparently he does, but you know, I started doing the math on what it costs to have a thousand stores. So I was just really moved by this conversation and and the big, hairy, audacious goal that this this young man, Roberto, had. So I went to his website after the fact, and here's some of the things that it said on their about page. It says, iClothing Company is an upcoming clothing line in the great northwest of America. We're a growing team of young dreamers and adventurers pursuing to influence the world. I thought, wow, you really do have a BHAG. That really is an impossible dream. It said, I is more than a brand or a logo. We're a group of like-minded people who thrive on connecting those around us with the same vision to people, opportunities, and resources to help them earn their excellence. We're about influencing excellence and watching people be the best they can be no matter what it is they do, from sports to photography to company and team building. We want you to join us down your path of personal development. And when I had to leave the store to go back to my meeting, I just, I couldn't shake this conversation. I just couldn't get over how 
what a dreamer this Roberto guy was, and um, just the, the boldness that it took for him to go after such a big vision. And as I walked out of the store, and I went through the mall, and back toward JCPenney's where I came in, went down the escalator out into the parking lot, and down the street back to my meeting, I kept asking myself an inescapable question. Where's my dream? Where's Center Church's BHAG, Center Church's vision for the future that's so big, it takes nerve just to say it out loud? And it was like God just pressed into my heart, it's time for Center Church to dream big again. So for me, that conversation with Roberto was uh, really a catalytic event in accelerating a conversation that was already happening between Pastor Rick and I and a few other people about the future of Center Church. So today, we just want to share with you uh, about the dialogue we've been having over the last three months, uh, the prayers we prayed and conversations we've had, and how we got to where we are and the dream that we're chasing into the future. That's good stuff. That uh, Roberto story is, is incredible. So, so tell me this, uh, Pastor Kelly. Um, tell us the backstory on how this particular conversation that we're having today, tell us how that began. Yeah, well, if you roll the tape back far enough, uh, there was a time when Center Church was really just a conversation between, initially, just you and I, mm -hmm. about planting a church that would be three things, Jesus-centered, relationally focused, gospel-compelled. And we really drilled down on those three things, and we made that our target. We don't want to be about anything else except those three things. That's why we named the church Center Church. Now, we really wanted to have a clear target, Jesus-centered, relationally focused, gospel-compelled. Eventually, those three pillars kind of gave rise to what became our mission statement, helping people know Jesus. Now, I believe that helping people know Jesus really is the missional mandate for every church that claims to be Christian and for every person that claims to be Christian. That really is our most fundamental mandate. It's, it truly is the Great Commission boiled down into just a few, just a few words, into a short phrase, helping people know Jesus. So from there, with that dream in mind, we came to Spokane with the dream to plant a church that would make a big deal about the gospel of Jesus, let peripheral things go by the wayside, and just focus in on helping people know Jesus. And within a fairly short manner of time, that's, that's exactly what happened. That's what we did. That's awesome. You know, we, we've talked a little bit about that in our church history, uh, but we probably haven't really discussed this particular next question I have for you as much. And so I, I just want to know, where did the momentum come from in those early stages? Uh, I would say momentum early on came from, from a couple of places. Uh, Center Church really went from nothing to something, from instable to stable, pretty quickly, pretty seamly, and seamlessly. And there really was two places that I would say that momentum came from. One was just the simple newness. Uh, new things create natural excitement. And so, uh, so we definitely had that to lean on. Uh, we shared the dream, everyone who was involved, to start a new church and establish something that didn't previously exist. The other place that we really were able to gather up momentum was just from the simplicity of the dream. You know, everyone who is part of our church can say, we're about helping people know Jesus. Uh, we almost probably close to universally understand that that's what we're about. And so uh, really being able to take something so simple, wrap it up in uh, just the natural energy that comes from something new, 
for the first, at least the first couple of years, that's really where our momentum came from. Oh man, that's good stuff. So fast forward five years, you know, Center Church is established. Uh, at this point, how does Center Church decide what's next? Yeah, well, you know, when you get your momentum for newness, there's a lifespan to that, right? And things aren't new forever. Uh, and as the church has grown, of course, things aren't as simple as they were either. So it's pretty tough for us to tap into those two things at this point. In the late summer uh, of this year, you and I began to really have a dialogue about uh, the reality that our fundamental need isn't just a new address. Uh, it's not just to, to relocate to a better space that will facilitate more growth. But what we really need, more importantly than that, is a fresh, clear, God-given vision for the future of Center Church. Uh, what we really need is to recapture a new vision, to kind of be able to get back to that place that we were when we had a vision to establish the church. Uh, we really need a picture of what the future will look like. And so over the last couple of years, as we've uh, been in maybe some degree of, of limbo, just pursuing God, waiting, uh, exercising patience and faithfulness to, to see what that might be like. Uh, one of the things that's been really clear to us uh, by now is that what got us here is not going to get us to the next level of effectiveness in helping people know Jesus. We can't go back to the same well and try to tap into the same things for momentum. So we have, over the last several months, we've prayed, we've talked, uh, we've engaged a lot of people who are part of Center Church already, sought their input about the future of the church. And uh, of course, Jessica, who's you know, probably our closest teammate, works with us all the time. She was a huge help in that process. But we sought to answer this question over the last couple of months. If the missional mandate for the entire Christian church is helping people know Jesus, if that's job one for all Christian churches everywhere, then how is Center Church uniquely wired to fulfill that mandate? And our answer to that, that we've arrived at, somewhat painstakingly, is, is simple. Uh, our answer is, we believe that we're uniquely wired to help people know Jesus through strengthening the family. Uh, we believe that we're uniquely wired to help people know Jesus through strengthening families specifically. I love that. Uh, why, why specifically strengthening families? Yeah, well, the semi-short answer uh, to what could be a really complex question is that Studies have shown a majority of people indicate that their family and their close friends are the most influential people in their lives. And uh, many of you who are listening probably have observed that in your own life. I actually think that a lot of people who said something other than that, maybe they said uh, in the study that a coach or a teacher or a pastor or something like that was the most influential purpose, person in their lives, I actually think most of them are wrong. Uh, that's not very objective, but uh, the reason I say that is because just by sheer volume of time spent together, for almost all of us, uh, our families speak into who we are. Hopefully for the better, sometimes for the worse, uh, but our families get more of our time and attention over a lifespan than, than really any other group of people possibly could. And so we kind of categorize family into a couple of different groups here at Center Church. Uh, you know, we talk about the given family, which would be like for me, my wife and kids, but also beyond that, to my extended family, my parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, in-laws. You know, the given family is a pretty, pretty big circle. Those are the people that you typically would think of when I say family. But there's also chosen family. 
Uh, I have friends in my life that I'm devoted to. I, God willing, expect to get old with them and uh, to, to chase each other's grandkids around someday. Uh, there's also a chosen family that includes some people that we care for and we're committed to. And uh, the truth is, I think if you just look objectively at what the study indicates and the reality of your own experience, you probably find that your family and close friends have the most influence in your life. Now, in our society, it's not really a secret that a lot of family structures are uh, collapsing. The family is, in many ways, in decay uh, around us. Our conviction is that Jesus is the answer to that. We know that we can't fix every problem in our society, but we are equipped to do something about the family problem. We can't solve every problem for every family, but we can start where we are. We can help some of them. So strengthening families uh, is is obviously a, a noble idea, but it's a broad target. So is there something more specific that Center Church is, is shooting for that they're aiming at in this process? Yeah, uh, yeah, there is. You know, my friend Roberto back at I Clothing Company, uh, I was just blown away by the size of his dream. I mean, what an incredible BHAG to open a thousand stores and inspire people to be their best and chase their dreams. What an ambitious guy. When I reflect on that, I think to myself, I can't think of a good reason why Center Church shouldn't have a BHAG to save families in our city. Uh, I can't think of a good reason. I can't think of anything that's essential that we're lacking. And, uh, and there's a story in the Bible uh, that really, uh, for me, shines a lot of light on that need. Uh, there's a story in 1 Samuel 14 where uh, King Saul's army is out to battle. And uh, they're out to battle against a perpetual enemy, the Philistines, who they are constantly at battle with throughout, uh, throughout the Old Testament. And King Saul's son, Jonathan, has, has a BHAG of his own. He has a wildly impossible dream. And uh, he decides that he's kind of had enough of this back and forth. You take a little ground, we take some. And, and he sort of arrives at what I think is a pretty logical conclusion. He says to himself, let's do this thing. If God is for us, why don't we just go out and take care of business? And so uh, I'll, just, I'll just read some of that to you. Uh, it's 1 Samuel 14, verse 1. It says, One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Verse 4, it says, On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, the other was called Sineh. One cliff stood to the north, the other toward the south. And Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. You know, the thing that's so captivating in that, uh, in that story to me is Jonathan's statement that God will accomplish his will, whether by many or by few. When I think about Center Church, we're not lacking any ability. Truthfully, among the Center Church family, we have more ability than we know what to do with. We're not lacking resources. We've always had what we need when we need it. God's always been faithful in that regard. And we're not so small that we can't do something great because there was a time when it was just you and me having the conversation and here we are today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're really not lacking anything 
And when I think about Jonathan's words, that the Lord will accomplish his will, whether by many or by few, whether with much or with little, with skill or with none, uh, it's obvious to me that God is on the move. He's about his business. The real question just becomes, are we about his business? Are we vested? Do we believe that God is going to accomplish his will, whether by many or by few? And so in that spirit, we've set a big, hairy, audacious goal for Center Church to reach, serve, and equip 100 new families. Now that that might sound pretty audacious, and maybe for Center Church it is, but for God, that's an easily achievable goal. And the truth is, if we're just honest, we've talked about this before, 100 new families isn't a finish line. And we both know when we get there, we're going to turn around and we're going to set a new BHAG. We're going to set another big goal because God's going to accomplish his will. He's going to be about his business. And I want to be a part of it. I don't want to be on the sidelines. I don't want to be in neutral. I don't want to be hanging out back at the camp while Jonathan's going out to take on the masses. I want to be in the fight. But what we know at this point is what got us here is not going to get us to 100 new families. Man, 100 families just is exciting. That is, that's awesome. So what, what then is the philosophical shift that has, that has to happen at Center Church? Yeah, well, you know, if, if what got us here is not going to get us to our goal, uh, clearly there's going to have to be some changes. There's going to have to be some strategy that will have to be executed. And uh, we, we've come up with a name for it just to give it, some, give it some handlebars. We're calling our strategy to help people know Jesus through strengthening 100 new families, Plan A. We're calling it Plan A. you probably heard us use that phrase before. Plan A really revolves around this notion that God has a Plan A for your life. God has a Plan A for your family. God has a Plan A for everything. Plan A revolves around the idea that family and close friendships are the most effective place for helping people know Jesus. And we want to focus all of our energy and resources on strengthening those disciple-making relationships within the context of family and close friends, or given family and chosen family, as I like to say. And that really is going to dictate what we can say yes to and what we can say no to. Uh, if you can imagine a direct line between where we are right now and our goal of reaching, serving, and equipping 100 new families, uh, we have to say yes to the things that are on that line. We also have to say no to the things that are detours, the things that are not on that line. Some of them might be really good things, but if they're not on that line, uh, we have to say no to them. We have to pursue our God-given vision for the future of Center Church. So really, it's just about posturing ourselves to help people who want to be helped. And currently, we're already working on a few things to kind of get the ball in motion. Uh, We're working to recalibrate our ministries to prioritize families, all of our ministries, including our main Sunday gatherings. We're working to create family-oriented worship experiences. Uh, We're planning all of our future communications with the entire family in mind. And uh, we're, we're working to have a family-oriented uh, assimilation and visitor follow-up process uh, so, that, so that no matter what role someone plays in the family, uh, they have a point of connection through that process. Mm-hmm. One of the other things, probably the, the thing that's going to lodge in most people's minds, is the reality that we, we need to relocate. That's, that's an eventuality. And we talked about this before. This conversation is not about relocating. Right. 
It's about a vision for the future. It's about God's plan A for center churches. It's not about relocation. However, uh, we know that you can't pour two gallons of water into a one-gallon bucket. Uh, We know that what got us to where we are is not going to get us to where we want to go. And relocating is, it's an eventuality. It's something that we're going to have to take a risk on. Uh, It's just a functional reality. Probably the thing that has changed, because we've been having that conversation for a while, the thing that has changed is that up until this point, we've really been very slow and deliberate because it was so important to us to try and find a relocation spot in immediate proximity to where we currently are. I think what we're saying at this point after... Uh, A couple of years of kind of being at the lid of our growth, and uh, I think we can agree that we've exercised faithfulness and patience in that. Uh, At this point, what we're saying is, okay, God, we're going to take those barriers off. You take us where you want us to go. Uh, We'll take a risk on it. We're not opting for safety in that. And so, uh, although this conversation is not about relocation, I do think it's probably important for us to just say that up front, that uh, we've sort of removed the barriers on where, where we will and won't go. So, so that's something we're currently working on. Uh, we're working to address family-related matters in the venue of community groups. And we're working to compile some additional family resources that people can have access to, like a partnership with a marriage and family counselor, uh, things like uh, media, books, podcasts, that kind of thing that will be helpful to people in their family dynamics. And lastly, uh, but equally as important as anything else, Adopting a plan A model of ministry for children. Basically what that means is uh, adjusting our philosophy to say, okay, the family is God's plan A for helping our kids know Jesus. How can we strengthen them to do their job more effectively? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a lot to take in. All really good stuff. It's a lot to take in. Uh, At this point, what... Speaking on behalf of Center Church's leadership, what what do you uh, most want people to know at this stage? Yeah, so so that's a bit of an information dump, a lot to take in, and uh, I know that not all of it is going to stick with everybody, but but just a couple of summarizing thoughts. You know, we've decided that our plan A is helping people know Jesus through strengthening families. Now, I don't think that's the only path a church could take. Different churches have their own lane. Every church has its own personality. Uh, every church has its own gift mix, so their own context, so on and so forth. Uh, but, but different churches are going to help people know Jesus in different ways. For us, we feel like strengthening the family is our lane. It makes sense for who we are, for the, the mix of people and talents and gifts that are here. Um, and so we've decided, okay, we're going we're gonna to zero in on that. Namely because one of the things we have found out is if we don't have a clear target, we're not going to hit anything good. Uh, there's many good targets that a church could have. Strengthening families is the one that we're, we're choosing. We're not saying it's the only way. Uh, it's one we're uniquely wired to hit. And there's this story in the Bible that I would just uh, remind you of. It's the story of Elijah, the prophet, calling his successor, Elisha. And uh, it's found in 1 Kings 19. And verse 19, this is what it says. It says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. 
Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? He's basically saying, uh, Elisha says, okay, I'll come with you, but let me go take care of my family first uh, because that's really important to him. And Elijah says, okay, well, why don't you just go back and do what you're doing because apparently you're not quite understanding the significance of the fact that I just called you to be God's man to lead the entire nation. Uh, Elisha probably just didn't really have his head around that all the way, the magnitude of the calling. And th- but this is what he did. It says, So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. Elijah said to Elisha, he said, You know what? Go back. You don't really understand the magnitude of this calling. And Elisha went back to his field, and he burnt the plow, and he slaughtered the cows. He made sure that there was no past for him to go back to. And I think the reality that you and I have arrived at is that we don't want a past to go back to. We only want to go forward. Uh, We're ready at this point to light the past on fire. What God has done in the past to bring us to this point has been amazing. We love our church family, and we want to move forward together. And just in our our own hearts and our own minds, we really have done what Elisha did. There is no past to go back to. There's no safety to opt for. I love what Jonathan effectively was saying to his armor bearer. Uh, He never really asked the question, what do you think? Do you think this will work? He just said, hey, God's going to accomplish his will, whether by many or by few. Let's go do this. And that's where we're at. We're We're ready to take the next hill, ready to light the past on fire. Yeah, that's good. So the question I would ask you at this point, uh, you know, just I, I tried to communicate a little bit of what we're envisioning about the future of Center Church, reaching, serving, equipping 100 new families. For you, the question at this point that I would ask you is why? What values are at the core of this shift? Yeah, those are great questions. And, you know, just just hearing you say these things, obviously things that we've been over uh, many, many times in, in, in a number of months leading up to this point, I just think about all of the conversation that we've had around these ideas and the things uh, that matter, uh, plan A, uh, strengthening families. Uh, we have dialogued a lot. And, and, and the, the values conversation, the why conversation really came out of us wrestling with what are the things that we're going to stay tethered to? What are the things that are going to anchor plan A and anchor strengthening families uh, from a biblical perspective? And so really these are the, these are the values that Center Church uh, leadership came up with. These are the values that we're going to anchor to, that we're going to uh, have at the core of what we're doing and uh, we want to share those with you. We've uh, founded them in Scripture, so I'll give you the Scripture that you can reference. I won't read the whole thing. Uh, I'll read portions of it, but you can go back and look at those. Uh, but we want you to know these things. So the first one is this. Center Church values gospel-centered lives. And if you read Philippians 3, verse 7 through 15, there's a great uh, statement, conversation that is happening right here. Uh, the idea that you know, c- compared to knowing Christ, everything else is garbage. And, uh, and, then, and then in verse 13, it says this. It says, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And, and we know 
that having a gospel-centered life is going to be a key component in in living out plan A, the, the plan A that God has, has designed for us as individuals and as a church. The second one uh, is tied to that. Center Church values plan A families. And the scripture that we're pulling this from, Ephesians uh Chapter 5, verse 21 through chapter 6, verse 4, and talks about God's design for family in the context of marriage and children. But really, it goes beyond that, right? Because it's not just about the given, but it's about the chosen family too. And the reality of it is this. We give much for the ones that we love, and we give much to the ones that we love. That's what plan A family is. You, uh, the listener, are God's plan A for ministry to your family given and chosen. So we value plan A families. The third one is this. Center Church values a culture of joy, optimism, and unity. And I can't help but stress how great those three things are, uh, and especially because they are biblical things. Philippians 2 uh, verses 1 through 5 gives, uh, gives a good description of, of what this might look like. And I want to read this one to you. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Uh, just joy, optimism, and unity. We're going to need those things going forward. The fourth one, Center Church values people as God's masterpiece, coming from one of our favorite verses. I know this is one of your favorite verses as well, Pastor Kelly, Ephesians 2.10. For, sure. uh, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And then finally, the fifth one, Center Church values uh, gospel-centered multiplication. And again, uh, pulling from the idea of the Great Commission, you know, you've you said earlier that's, that's, that's uh, mission critical for the entire Christian church. And so we know that that is also mission critical for us, which is why it's a value. Uh, Matthew 28, 18, the Great Commission, you know, Jesus told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right? We've heard that, uh, but living that out is, is critical uh, for what we're doing uh, with Center Church, through Center Church, with the people of Center Church. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think we'd all agree if we could, if we could be about those things, that's a church that I want to be a part of for sure. Uh, we've talked about just our need to call people upward. You know, there's so many things in, in life that pull people down and uh, people that want to call them out. But what we want to be about is calling people upward to something Amen. better. Amen. So, so let me ask you this. Uh, what can we do as a church family? What can we start doing today that will help us begin the process of moving forward and shifting toward being a plan A church? Well, that, that's a great question. Our reality is this. Uh, the plans, the goals, the dreams that we have talked about today are big ones. And they honestly are too big for us to carry out without God's provision, without his strength. Uh, 
Uh, and that honestly is by design as we've wrestled with this uh, for months now. We, we wanted to take off uh, a BHAG. We wanted to bite off a BHAG knowing that that's how uh, God's going to be glorified. And so because of this, we know that today we must pray. We want to see the miracles that God has in store for Center Church for His glory. And so therefore, um, we, we need to pray. We can't make the miracle happen, but we can pray for it. And so therefore, we have this awesome responsibility. I know you and I uh, feel the same way about this. And, and Jessica, as you mentioned, and, and really we believe that all of Center Church will feel this great responsibility and privilege of bringing God glory as the body of Christ. And we take that so seriously. Uh, we take it so seriously, we're willing to risk comfort and stability uh, for the sake of helping people know Jesus. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, to you the other day this quote from Simon Sinek uh, from Twitter. He said, I'd rather be uncomfortable uh, pressing for greater than be uncomfortable settling for less. And that's, uh, that could sum up my sentiment about the risk of risk, you know, that's going to come with risking comfort and stability for the sake of helping people know Jesus. Uh, so, you know, the people that we encounter, uh, we want them to know that God has a plan A for their life and that anything less than that would fall short of the best life possible that God has designed for them. But in order for us to do that, for Center Church to do that and be effective in chasing after God's plan A, uh, we must be praying and praying together. And so we, we basically put together, um, you know, some requests that we have for us uh, to be praying for together. Yeah, we were talking this morning, uh, you know, about some of the things we learned in planting a church and uh, that we can apply as realities going forward. And, and some of them were, uh, we know that uh, it's probably going to look different than we think it will. It's probably going to be harder than we think it will. But we've also learned that um, if we're tuned into the Holy Spirit and we're really seeking God and we're doing it together as a church family, it's probably going to work. Absolutely. And that's the thing that's, that's most encouraging to me. Uh, I think about our BHAG of reaching 100 new families, and it sounds big, but at the same time, we talked about this before, is it even big enough? Yeah. Uh, you know, based on what we know, what God's shown in the past, uh, but the key really is going to be for us to be just dialed in to His heart and listening for His voice. And so uh, I think that all starts with prayer. Yeah. We talked about that. Uh, you have lined out three areas of prayer that all of us as a church family can be focused on. So maybe you could just share those with us. Yeah. Just real quick. Um, if it, you know, if you're listening to this center church is your church, we, we would just plead with you to be praying for these things. The first one is this unity and mission. Uh, just the idea that what God is doing at center church, that, that we would rally around it and in it so that we can carry forward with the things that he's doing. The second one is uh, just to be praying for each each person in the 100 new families that we're going to reach and influence. Uh, we know that God knows who they are. We don't know who they are, but we want to be prepared for them. And we want their heart to be uh, ready for what God's going to do in their life. And then the third one is this, is just that each one of us would be living out God's plan A for our life. That we would really embrace it, that we would seek Him in it, and that we would do it together. That would just be fantastic. And I, I'll be honest with you, um, you know, we talk about Christmas 
coming up. Uh, Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and then our Christmas uh, series and our Christmas Eve service. I would just encourage each one of you to be praying for that as well. And maybe, just maybe, God uh, will put someone in your way, in your mind, in your life that you need to invite to uh, the Christmas series or maybe our Christmas Eve services, which we're doing two this year. We're opening up space for people to bring those people with. Uh, at 4.30 and 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. It'll give you an opportunity to start uh, helping other people know what God's planning is for their life. So so that's how they can be praying uh, for this. Awesome. Okay, well, that's a pretty, uh, pretty significant information dump on you there. I guess I would just sum it all up to say, uh, for both Pastor Rick and I and our leadership team that we've been in consultation with, uh, we're all in on this. Yep. There's there's not a pass to go back to. Uh, it's win, lose, or draw on this for us. Uh, history says we can do it, and i got to be honest with you, I can't think of a better church family to be a part of. I'm not in favor of cloning people, but if I was, I'd clone <laughs> you guys. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for praying. Thanks for being part of the family. So excited to see what God's going to do in the future. Love you guys.